Welcome to the Ultra Life Podcast, you guys. So great to have you here. This is a podcast to share stories from myself or my guests of what's possible for you in your life to really show you that there is another side and that you can have all the things that are on your heart and head. And really, I believe that if you have that foundation of healthy habits, that if you are at that weight that makes you feel your most confident, energized self, that you can go after those big badass goals and achieve them even faster than you thought possible. So you're going to get interviews from incredible guests, from myself to hear how that's possible, and as well as some real tangible tips and tools. So today, I have an incredible guest on, and you're going to start to hear more guests coming up on the podcast. So stay tuned for some really inspiring folks to share their stories. And so my guest today is Becca Pike. Uh, I know of Becca through the coaching world, and she is such an incredible example of what is possible, y'all. So Becca is a wife and mom of four young kids. Uh, an avid athlete, wine lover, and really her story is she went from bartending, cocktail waitressing, like scraping pennies together to hitting like this rock bottom of like knowing there was more for herself to starting her first business, Massage Strong, that literally started in the back of a CrossFit gym in a tea tiny little room with no heating, no AC, as she was pregnant, like year after year after year. <laughs> and that is how she started her business and grew that massage business to eventually a brick and mortar, fully like built out new brick and mortar business to two locations. And then not only that, but over that time started her own coaching business. And now both of those, she's got a six-figure coaching business and seven-figure multiple employee service-based business, all from starting as a like waitress, you know, with like wandering to now having a clear, incredible, amazing dream life. And obviously she still has her kids while she still has her husband while she's done all of this and is still an athlete. She's been able to accomplish all of this and living this rich, full life. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode so you can start to see yourself in Becca and know what's possible and hear how she did it, like how she was scrappy, how the different things, the tips and tools that allowed her to go from A to B. Okay. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. And I do want to make a note here. For some reason, I could not get this adjusted. The audio is a little off in this episode. So you're going to hear it's not quite me than her. There's going to be a little bit where it's off there uh, of us overlapping. So my apologies for that right now. Um, I could not figure that out. So you get to hear a little bit of real life failure and mistake here in this episode where it's not going to be pretty and perfect. But you're going to get the episode and you're going to definitely want to listen all the way to the end because she drops so much value and so much nuggets of not only just her example period, but how you can take the lessons, the six and seven figure lessons in business and apply those to your health life. So you absolutely want to listen. And my apologies for the audio in advance. 
All right, you guys, dive in. Okay, welcome, welcome everyone to the Ultra Life Podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. I am here with Becca Pike. Uh, Belka, Becca, welcome. Thank to you the for show. having Thank me. I'm so excited to chat. Here. Okay, so I'm going to just dive right in. I would love for you to share in your own words. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Becca Pike. I live in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm a mom of four and a wife to my awesome husband. Uh, I own a couple businesses. I own a sports therapy massage company as well as an online business coaching company. Amazing. Okay. So you guys, just from that little bit, um, if you don't get an idea and Becca, you're also an athlete too, right? Like you've been working out in fitness your whole life is kind of the, just, yes, I have always loved athletics. Uh, in high school, it was basketball and volleyball in college. It was boxing and bodybuilding. And now it has been CrossFit for a solid, I guess, uh, 10 years at this point. Amazing. Okay. So good. So you guys, there's so much. Becca lives this full, beautiful, blessed life and has an incredible story to tell, to share about what's possible. So Becca, I would love if you took us back, like as far as starting from when you started, as far as, um, starting your first business, the massage strong, um, tell us kind of from those humble beginnings of like, where you started, kind of what was going on and how you progressed to be where you are with owning multiple locations now. Yeah, absolutely. So humble beginnings is so true. Um, I was, I grew up very poor, you know, very middle-class, lower to middle-class. Um, and I worked through college. I put myself through college at, at like working as a waitress, as a server, a cocktail server. Um, and after college was over, I found myself continuing on that career path for way too long. Um, I feel like I kind of had a wake up call around the age of like 25, 26. I had been graduated from college for a few years. I had even traveled the world a little bit and still found myself waitressing. And there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but I just always felt like there was so much more that I was going to do. I always felt like I had this potential that was kind of just dangling in front of me, like a carrot in front of my nose, and I just wasn't reaching out and grabbing it. Um, And basically, long story short, this girl came into my restaurant and she was a coworker of mine. She was a fellow waitress and she had books because she was going to massage therapy school. And I was flipping through her books and I was like, you know, I love the human body. I went to the University of Kentucky and I studied kinesiology and sports medicine. And I was looking through her books and I was like, oh, this is just anatomy and pathology and physiology. Like I know this stuff like the back of my hand, like I should go to massage school. And she was like, well, you should because they work daytime hours and you can get paid $20 an hour. (laughs) And at the time I was like, yes, sign me up because I've been working this restaurant life for way too long, which at the time was like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. shifts. I mean, it was like graveyard shifts working as a cocktail waitress. And I just wanted to work daytime hours. So I went to massage school and I started a massage business after I went through school. The school was about 12 months long. 
And, you know, what I wanted to do, I didn't want to do just like Swedish feel good massage. I, I love getting Swedish feel good massage, but as far as what I wanted to give, I wanted it to be much more sports therapy. I wanted to work with athletes. I wanted to work with injuries. I wanted to work with, um, elite athletes as well. I wanted, you know, top notch CrossFitters and ultra marathon runners. I wanted pro athletes and, you know, in Lexington, Kentucky, there just wasn't a, niche for that. Nobody was doing it. It felt like you had to know someone that knew someone in a back alley and you had to find that person and you might get an appointment with them. Right. And I wanted to bring that to Lexington. So I started doing that type of work and Lexington responded very well. Um, all the athletes started coming to see me. I ended up getting booked out very quickly, very fast. And I started hiring other massage therapists who had kinesiology backgrounds and sports medicine backgrounds and even physical therapy backgrounds. And it just took off. That business just, it just took off. We hit a phenomenal niche in a phenomenal location and uh, it's still going. <laughs> That's awesome. So basically started in, and I think I even remember your story as like, you had a massage table. Oh, like girl. CrossFit yes. Like that's where you Yes. And one of my friends had a CrossFit life. gym and it yeah. was a CrossFit and uh jujitsu and MMA fighting gym. It was like a cross, the CrossFit gym and the MMA gym were like sharing a space. And there was this nasty room in the back that they let me borrow. They let me trade massages to rent out of it. And it was just no air conditioning, no heat. At the time I was just at that time in my life, I was just pregnant all the time. I was like, we had so many kids back to back that like, when I think back to that room, I was always either so hot or so cold and pregnant and just giving massages. And I can't believe people came to that room because it was so gross, but they did because it was good massage and it wasn't, you couldn't get it anywhere else. Oh my gosh. I love that because just goes to show too, like whether, and I think that's a, applicable then, like whether it's for your business or for your workouts or whatever it is, like the conditions do not have to be perfect and right. Like we think they do to get good results, to get baller results. I mean, you started in this, like no, like probably the opposite yeah. of where people want a massage. And you were pregnant and first starting out, and yet here it bloomed to a multiple level business, like so successful. And I feel like just that concept alone, if people could take that and be like, listen, be scrappy, start where you are, start with the freaking frozen canned meals, yeah. and, you know, and your healthy eating or the like crappy workout shoes or whatever it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Started. I mean, the most successful business owners, the most successful athletes, the the most successful people in the world are resourceful. You know, the most successful athletes, when you talk to them, you know, they got their start playing soccer in a back alley where they had three foot by eight foot and they used trash cans as their goals. You know, like that is where resourcefulness and scrappiness comes from. And, and I talk to a lot of people about this in business too. You know, they want the fanciest um, technology they want the fanciest software. They want the fanciest everything. And I'm just like, no, like just start with your brain and what comes out of it and just start putting it into action. hundred percent. So good. So good. And I want to touch on too, cause you said you're <laughs> basically pregnant this whole time. So tell us, 
tell us a little bit. I think that's insightful for people to hear because I'm a mama too. And I think there's so many parents and busyness. Like when you're a parent, you're so busy that you feel like you can't do the things you want to do, but here you are. So how old are your kids now? And, and kind of take us through like how old, you know, when you were, Um, so we have a 14, 10, seven, and a now today five-year-old. Yeah, it's her birthday to her today. Oh, I know she's so birthday. sweet, but um, she was born five years ago. So let's see, I was pregnant from the very beginning of massage. I was just, I don't know. It's all a blur. I was very pregnant. Here's the truth. I had a great husband. My husband is so helpful. I wish I could say that I am like so amazing at juggling everything, but the truth is I have a lot of help. Um, he pulls just as much weight, if not more weight when it comes to cooking and cleaning and doing things around the house. Um, he knows that my brain is always on at business. And so I think he picks up the slack a little bit more at the house than what might be considered normal. But alongside of that, I don't want it to sound like, we just balance our life so amazingly. The truth is, is it's hard. I mean, it's hard, but the thing that I kept telling yeah. myself and I can still hear it in the back of my mind. I remember telling myself, Becca, grow these businesses and scale them while the kids are really little because they won't remember you working all the time. And by the time they're four and five and mm. six, you will have scaled enough that you're not going to be working all the time. And I remember I just kept saying it like, Becca, they're so little. They're so little. Just keep going. And I did. And now they are five and seven and 10 and, and 14. And um, for the last two years, I have had a very luxurious life when it comes to work-life balance. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that thought and what, helped you to get through, to put in the work yeah. to get to the other side. Yeah. It was always temporary. Life. It was always like, um, you don't have to work this hard forever. You just got to work this hard until you have enough employees in place, enough processes in place until the demand is there. And then you can pull away. And, and that is how it got built. Ooh. Okay. I love that too, to like a lot of this, I'm like going to tie a lot of your business also into the health. Cause I, I feel like there's so many correlations and you'll probably even share more, but that even that concept there is like, when you first get started on anything, building the business, you had to put in the hard work, the sweat, the tears to get to that, the years. And for anybody on their health journey, even it's like, we feel like it should just be the 30 days, 90 days, the six months when we've spent all of our lives making the not so healthy choices. So it's like, yeah, put in the work it, even if it takes you a couple years, but then like, that's how I feel my health life is now, unless I have a big race goal, I can just coast on my usual overall healthy meals and can have like the chocolate every day because yeah. I've put in the work to build the muscle. Yeah. I think about it for myself. And, you know, I think every woman should be considering, I mean, every man as well, but especially women, like we are, if you're in your twenties or your thirties or your forties, you are in the prime time to be building bone density and to be building, um, a lot of this, like, it's almost like putting money in the bank for your older years. 
you know, because our hormones are going to be changing by the time we're in our late 40s and 50s and 60s. And so a lot of the stuff that we're doing now is going to make our 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s so much easier. And so to me, it's like, you got to choose your hard. Do you want it to be hard now for an hour a day? <laughs> or do you want it to be hard then for 24 hours a day? And so I'm trying to put my money in the bank all the time by lifting heavy weights and, and getting my bone density where I want it to be and like tracking my hormones and making sure that I'm doing everything that I can to present my future self a body that isn't going to be hard to live in 24 hours a day. Yeah, that's great. So kind of just even to that then, like these starting and having to like put in that work with all these little kids at home and still keeping your healthy habits for yourself up until maybe the last couple of years when things did like ease up with work and business. How did you make the, the workouts and the healthy habits, the healthy eating a priority when you're busy? Well, the first few years, the CrossFit gym that I go to had childcare. And so it was literally a break. It was like the only break that I got during the day. I looked forward to my four o'clock CrossFit class because someone was going to take my kids. I was going to go listen to banging music and throw some heavy bars around. And I lived for it. So that made it easy. First and foremost, like I really considered it like my time, my alone time. I didn't want anyone talking to me. It's a very community oriented gym. And I remember just being like, I wish I could put headphones on because this is my mommy time. I'm like so happy. Uh, but also, I mean, to be honest, that's also how I got into, um, I love going on really long hikes and walks and I even do weighted walks like with my weight vest and that also feels like me time, my alone time. So I think it's just the thoughts that I have about exercise have really played a good part for my soul, which is it has stayed consistent because I yearn for that time. You know, the majority of my time is with my kids. I'm always with my kids. I'm, in my, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm hanging out with them. I'm taking them to school. I'm picking them up from school. You know, we get a lot of quality time. So those little pockets of moments where I can get away and if the excuse is that I'm going to CrossFit or that I'm going on a walk or it's kind of like a code here in my house. Like if you're going to do something healthy, you get to have that time. Like that is yours. There is no argument. And the same goes for my husband. If he's going out to do something healthy, he's really into Frisbee golf right now. This man could Frisbee golf every day of his life. And it's just like, yeah, go do that thing because I know you're going to come back a better person. <laughs> Mm, oh my gosh. I love all of that. Such a great perspective. I think that's so powerful for the parents, especially the mamas. And I think of it the same way. It's always been my time where I yeah. can check out from adulting, from all the responsibilities and just put the headphones on and like zone out and, and yeah. feel better after. Like Is there like anything the that, that can't be yeah. fixed with some music and some sunshine? I don't think there is. I don't think there's a single problem that can't be solved with some music and sunshine and working out. Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. And actually this was a question I wanted to kind of ask it to that is, you know, just exactly that you're a parent, you're a business owner, multiple businesses running a household. Like how do you really see the effects of working out? Because I think so many times people equate, like, if I work out, I can lose weight, right? Like, are calories in, calories out? Let me try to work out for this. Versus, I think mm -hmm. about working out as a tool and as a tool for any area of life. So how have you seen, like, working out as that tool for you where you're like, 
it has expanded mm-hmm. your business or expanded your quality time with the kids. Like share a little bit of like more specifics, how it's. Really yeah. The majority is I do it life. for my business. Now don't get me wrong. There is a shallow piece of me that just wants a good, butt. you know what I mean? Like I just want a good, good, butt, okay. But yeah, also okay. <laughs> I would say 90% of my thoughts about working out are geared towards, I want my business to run smoothly. So I want to be hydrated. I want to not be on an insulin roller coaster. I want to use my muscles because of what it gives me when I sit down at my laptop. It gives me creativity. It gives me courage. It gives me confidence. It gives me all the things that are the recipe for a successful business. And I notice, you know, I'm human. So of course I have these times where I will lag on my workouts and I will start eating crappy and I'll go into this like two week funk sometimes. And it is so unbelievably noticeable to me when it comes to how my business is doing in parallel to how I'm eating and how I'm taking care of my body. And I coach a lot of business owners. So I get to see the insides of how a lot of people are running their businesses and people will come to me and they want all this strategy. They're like, you know, how do I grow my email list? How do I do this? How do I get more clients? How do I, you know, whatever. And while they're looking at me, I can tell that they haven't seen sunlight in days. They haven't moved their body, you know, and, and I teach this, this is a big part of my business coaching too, which is like, we're not even going to go into strategy until you're at a place where you can accept it, where you can take it creatively, where you can understand it. Like if you have been sitting at your computer for the last five days, just drinking caffeine and, and, and bread, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of a carb. What is a carb? (laughs) Like uh, donuts. Yes. If you're just sitting there with coffee and donuts for the last five (laughs) days, you're not getting sunlight, you're not getting movement, then I can tell you all day how to grow your email list and nothing's going to happen because you're not firing on all cylinders. Oh my gosh. So (laughs) good. I'm so glad you said that. And I had a feeling that was very relevant for you. And I, I, it's so funny because when people in my business, even, and I'm like, you know, people will have content ideas or something. And I hear in the business coaching groups I'm in and I'm like, I have literally hundreds of them because when I finish a workout or during a workout, you will see me on my phone, like taking notes and making a whole entire post or three in an hour workout. (laughs) And I'm like, no, I know it's like a portal opens up when I'm working out. I don't know what it is, but like when I'm working out, the it, the thoughts just get downloaded. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a great idea. It's like getting struck by lightning. And it's like, I don't know what that is. Also in the shower too. That's the thing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So good. Okay. I just want everyone to like hear that and be like, if you work out and move your body and we said walk, that could be a walk, that could be a cross, that could be any workout. It's literally like a portal to like, it is so true. And, and I think too, this is something that needs to be said in every fitness corner of the universe ever, which is a lot of people think of fitness and they think I need to go run an ultra. I need to go and, you know, compete in CrossFit guys, hands down. Number one, if I could take any exercise with me for the rest of my life, it would be walking just slow, walking, like usually in a good, nice, fun setting, but like walking is king for our metabolisms, for our creativity, for fat burning, all of that stuff. I think it gets overlooked so much. Oh, I love that you said that. That's so great. I know. And like, I walk 
every day. That's my like fall safe. Like if I can't work out or even if I do. Yeah. And if you guys have dogs, they need walks. This is your reminder to go walk your dog. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. I'm going to kind of like circle back around to business side of things. So you started Massage Strong. It, It expanded got good real quick. So when did you from like the being in the back of the CrossFit room to actually opening your first? Yeah. So that was a funny story. So the business was doing so well in the back of the CrossFit gym that I came home and told my husband, I'm like, we, I've got to, I've got to get like a real place. I can't keep trading massages for this room. And so I felt like such a big girl because I went and I signed a lease for a two room space, which meant I could be massaging and someone else could be massaging at the same time. This was a big big deal. This was like, I am doubling my income. And I was scared because it was two rooms, not one. How could I ever fill it? We were there for six weeks and then we outgrew it. And I had to break the lease (laughs) because we just grew so fast. So I was there for six weeks. I had to break the lease and I signed a lease on a seven room place, which was like whiplash, success whiplash. I couldn't believe that I was signing on a seven room space. And there was only two of us that were working there, but I filled those rooms very quickly. We were in that spot for about um, a year, maybe 18 months. And that is when we decided to go ahead and, and go the big leagues. And we built a 10 room brand new facility, like like built it, like HVAC, uh, electrical, like all the stuff. (laughs) I (laughs) took a very crash course on, um, what is it? Just build out, build out. Yeah. And so we built that. That was probably two years into the start of Massage Strong. And that went really well. We were there for a year when we decided to build a second one. So we kept the first one open. We built a second one um, also in Lexington, just on the other side of Lexington. And uh, we now have two locations. Now, the second one was an interesting one. When we built out the second, we announced it on my birthday in 2020, which was the exact day that they announced that we were shutting everything down for the pandemic. (laughs) And um, let me tell you something, in a pandemic, you do not want to be in the massage industry because there is a lot of touching, a lot of germ exposure. No one wanted a massage. We were were told to shut our doors um, on March 17th of 2020. And we laid off all, at that point, we had about 25 employees. We laid them all off in one day. It was the worst day of our lives. And we had just doubled our overhead and opened the second location. And so it was a very trying year, to be honest. It was, it really rocked us. I feel um, a lot of sympathy for the businesses that didn't make it through the pandemic. Um, the only reason we made it is because we had a very strong cushion. Um, and if we hadn't built that cushion, we, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have survived. And it gave me a big kick in the pants to start business coaching and business coaching took off in 2020 for sure. Mm. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. Cause I want to share about that then is, so obviously you've started this massage strong business. It did really well, but then you also yeah. do have your business coaching business. So 
tell us about the start of that and kind of those beginnings? Yeah. So it's funny. I think a lot of people that start any business, they want to start the business for a long time before they actually do. You know, they've studied the business. They've studied the industry. They talk to people about it. They know what they're doing. And then they start the business, which was not the case for me. I basically grew Massage Strong. And I think people in the community took notice of how quickly it grew. And, you know, I have a lot of friends in the area. So I think that they were kind of like, what is happening? Why is it growing so fast? And so I had a lot of people that were asking me business questions. And I was on a fast track to learning everything I could about business. I mean, I was absorbing books and podcasts faster than anybody could ever imagine because I felt like this business was like this snowball that was rolling down the hill in front of me. And I was like constantly trying to catch it, you know? So I, I felt like that year, like 2019, I just learned everything you possibly could about business. And so I had friends that were asking me questions and wanting to pick my brain and wanting to take me to coffee and ask me stuff. And I really enjoyed it. I had a blast. I I loved talking about business. I couldn't stop. But one day I came home and I told my husband, I said, listen, I was like, I'm like, I actually like talking about business, but like, I can't keep doing it. Like everyone wants to take me to coffee and like, it's all I do anymore. And he was like, well, you should charge for it. And I was like, well, that's not legal. And he was like, yeah, it is. He said, it's called business coaching. And I was like, that's not real. That you're lying. (laughs) And he was like, no, that's, that's like what Tony Robbins does. And, you know, he started naming off all these coaches. And I was like, yeah, but you probably need like a license for that. And he was like, nope, (laughs) you can just give advice and charge for it. And I thought, well, that's insane. And so I called up that night, I called up a couple people who had been asking me for coaching or had been asking to pick my brain at the coffee shops. And I said, Hey, I know this sounds crazy, but there's this thing it's called business coaching and I think I'm going to do it. And like, what do you say? Do you want to like pay me money? And I'll just, I'll just commit to meeting you at the coffee shop, like every Monday at one o'clock. And I had that night, like three people were like, yes, and that was the start of Hell Yes Coaching. I got three clients the moment I heard what coaching was and understood that it was a business, but it has been a wild ride since. That was almost exactly four years ago today. <laughs> right, because that was about when the second massage mm-hmm. shot that yeah. year, right? 2020? Yeah. Okay. And so I just... I love your example of not only Massage Strong, like how that scaled and and obviously made it through COVID, a very challenging time, especially for what you do, but then also how you went from, is this even a thing to like, tell everybody where you're at now? Yeah. Coaching coaching business is going well. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. I don't know. We are uh, getting ready to hit a seven figure year this year. Um, We started it four years ago. My very first year, we hit a hundred thousand. My second year, we went to 250. Then we went to 550. Um, This year's looking like a million and uh, it has just taken off. And I really you know, it's funny because we talked about this earlier, like being scrappy and just using the things that you have. And I think that that is the quality that set me apart from other coaches. I have been honored to be able to watch other coaches grow. I have coached so many coaches at this point and I didn't know, I didn't know to be 
anxious about it. I didn't know that like there were so many people that were worked up about getting on Facebook and telling people that they were a coach. You know, now I see it. Now I see this industry where, you know, people want the coaches want to have the best gadgets and they want to have these podcasts and they want to have these like fancy things. And so they don't have those and they hold themselves back. I just didn't have that. I just thought, oh, well, I know people that own businesses. I'm just going to tell them what I do. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wasn't in the storm of the the conversation and the worry. And it wasn't until later that I got into coaching industry, like really deep into the masterminds and started having colleagues that were like high-end coaches. And I was like, oh, you guys all started like this other way that was so different than the way I started. Like, had no idea. Mm. I love sharing that. And I, I just like, even for everyone to hear that too, again, relating it even back to the health journey is like being scrappy about it, like figuring it out. And what I heard in your story both times too, is the resourcefulness. Like it's, it's come out every time, whether when you wanted to first get the massage certificate and when you wanted to learn about it and even for the business, you found all the podcasts, all the books, yeah. like you went all in and you got super resourceful and super scrappy yeah. to figure it out and, and got into action on it versus being all up in your head about, well, what should I do? Like, what's the perfect yeah. way to do this? You know and what it reminds me people- of? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then I'll, tell, just- I'll tell my story. Okay. And I was just thinking to like wrap that into the health world is like how you could just just freaking start, start with the walk. You don't have to run the ultra marathon or the marathon or lose 50 pounds, yeah. like right off the bat. Just, just start with doing something and find the books, find the resources and do the things. So you figure out what you actually yeah, need to do. Absolutely. And you know what it reminds me of? So I don't have any resources. I have, I'm going to totally butcher this story. So I don't know what the guy's name was, but there was this story that I was told. And I think about it all the time. This guy, he broke records in another country for running marathon, like, uh, distance running. And he was breaking all these records. This was back in like the seventies and some Westernized people. So he was in this third world part of Africa. This Westernized people came down to see if it was true and they were watching him and he was just breaking records in front of their face and they couldn't believe it. And they were telling him and he was like, awesome. That, I mean, that's cool. Sounds great. And they were like, well, how are you doing this? And he was like, what do you mean? And and they were explaining to him, like, people have been trying to do this for so long in America. And we've got shoes and we've got this and we've got all these things and we're just nobody's doing it. And everybody's talking about it. Blah, blah, blah. And ultimately what he said was, oh, I just didn't know it was supposed to be hard. And I think to myself all the time, how often have we discombobulated ourselves with people telling us that it was supposed to be hard. And I think about this now with my coaching. I didn't know it was supposed to be hard to quote unquote, get clients. I didn't know it was supposed to be hard to put yourself out there on the screen. I didn't have any, I didn't know what coaching was. I wasn't in the coaching circles. I wasn't any, any part of that. I wasn't on Instagram, right? So I was just going out and doing, I didn't know it was supposed to be hard to build a coaching company. And then I got into these like higher end coaching masterminds and they were like, I'm sorry, what? It's your second year and you've made 250,000. Like, and I was just like, oh, I didn't know it was supposed to be hard. <laughs> like, what? 
Oh my God. I freaking love that, Becca. Thank you for sharing that, that example. And just that thought, I have had a very similar thought concept to that lately in that, especially in the whole like weight loss, health type industry in our culture and society, it's like, there's such this like stigma and feeling of like, it's got to be, it's so hard to lose weight. It's so hard. It takes so much work, but all the this and all the that, and I can't. And it's like, I mean, hold up. Like it could be, it could actually be simple. It could actually be like not hard. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to not be in shape? Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. Like, do you know how hard it is to not put yourself out there when you're starting a coaching business and just sit in your anxiety and wonder if anything's going to work? Like that to me is harder than just doing the thing. Like it's the the anxiety of wanting to do the thing is always way harder than just doing the thing. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And when you do the thing, you're going to get a result either way, right? It may, you may find out that's not the exact thing for you if it's a certain way of eating or working out, Yeah. but then you'll have that information yeah. that you can now move forward with. So either way, if you do, I know. Things, yeah. you get a result. I agree. I agree. So good. Uh, so good. Okay. So I, uh, I have a couple of notes here on something you had mentioned uh, lately and I've kind of had this thought and so you've talked about entitlement lately and, and I just kind of wanted to hear like your take and sharing on that because kind of even to what we were just almost, well, not to what we were talking about, but in the health world and that it's like people can feel entitled to lose weight and entitled. Like if I'm doing X, I, it should, I should get this result. Like, where's my results? Where's my weight loss? Where's, I'm doing the things and I saw you post about this entitlement and I was like, amen. Like we all feel so entitled. I feel like as of recent and especially in this day and age, like if, and it's like, yeah, if you put in the work and you keep evaluating, eventually you will get the results, but right. you're not entitled to that. Yeah. Can I think, kind of um, that? I think I'm just a little old school. You know, I think we live in a climate now where, Everyone deserves the award and everyone um, wants to get instant gratification and, uh, you know, people aren't as willing to do the boring work. People aren't as willing to do the mundane work. People aren't as willing for certain things. And this isn't everybody. I mean, there's just some straight baddies out there just doing awesome in life. You know, this is totally not everyone, but I do notice an entitlement era that we're living in, um, where we want things quickly and we want them handed to us and we want them to be easy. And we don't want to do, um, the things that are so inconvenient and uncomfortable. And I don't know, I'm just not about that life. I, I just believe that, um, big rewards come to people that work really hard and are very consistent. And it's as simple as that. And do you think, is there, if, if someone's been feeling and like my hand is raised, I have felt very much victim mode before I've taken that stance. And the more I've let that go, anytime I've ever let that go and have to remind myself of it, yeah. the better results that I get, obviously, because then I do the things 
But what would you say to somebody if they have been stuck in this, but I should have these results by now, or I deserve this or any of that type of entitlement? Is there anything that you would say to like help overcome that? Yeah, I think I would just say, but how also do you not deserve it yet? You know, like tell us what actually is happening, you know? So something that I've noticed, I was just talking to one of my girlfriends and again, I, I can fall into victimhood as well. So I'm not throwing stones, but she was telling me, she was like, you know, my husband, I I keep telling him that I want to grow this business and you know, he just doesn't believe me and he doesn't want me to take out the loan and he doesn't want me to spend a bunch of money on this. And he just doesn't believe, and I'm just so mad that he doesn't believe me. Very victimy. Right. And I was like, why would he? Why would he believe you that you're going to grow a big business? You've never grown a big business. Why would he believe that you can grow a big business? You know, when I started wanting to grow a business, my husband, he thought it was cute. He thought it was cute that I had this big idea about how I wanted to grow a business. And I used to put these sticky notes on my bathroom mirror and they would be my monthly goal. And they would say things like 500 extra dollars this month. And I would post it on there and he would be like, you are so cute. He didn't believe in me. Why would he? I'd never, the only thing I had ever done was waitress. It would be silly of me to expect him to believe in me on something that I have never done before until I started proving it. And then that month that I posted $500, I made it. The next month, a thousand, I made it. The next month, 2000, I made it. Now my husband says that anytime there's a post-it note on the mirror, he gets so excited because he knows that that's our future. So if I post on there, I'm going to make a million dollars in a month. He's like, amen. Can't wait to see that. Is that this month? Like, when are we doing that? So I gained his trust by proving that what I was doing was going to work. So I was talking to her and she was like, you know, I wish he believed in me. I said, well, give him something to believe in. Like, why wouldn't he believe in you? And I started coaching her a little bit and she was like, well, you're right. Like I haven't been good with money and I actually um, have been an overspender. And it is true that I get these ideas and then I don't follow through. So from his lens, I probably am not a follow thrower kind of person. And the same thing goes for health and for business. You know, if you're telling yourself, I should already have these results, I should already be seeing, you know, my muscles rippling and all these things. Like I should have a better time on my runs. I should, should, should ask yourself to flip it and just ask yourself, why would you not? And all of a sudden things might start coming up. All of a sudden the fog might lift and you might be like, well, I have been eating ice cream every single night. And I have been not sleeping at night and I have been dehydrated the last few days. And you know what? I did skip a week of training and all of a sudden you start losing your excuses and you start gaining insight as to what's happening and you start getting true with yourself and it's hard and it sucks and you don't want to hear all of your excuses come into fruition in front of your face and your brain will try to keep you from seeing those a lot of times to keep you safe. But the more that we can get comfortable with the flip side of that, the the more traction we're going to get in any goal that we have. We got to be true to ourselves. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's like, that's a hard pill for a lot of folks to swallow, but I think it's, it's obviously it's so powerful because when we know the facts, when we can see it, get that insight, then we can make choices from there that allow us to take those actions. So, oh, so good, you guys. Good homework. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so um, 
Let's see. I had a couple of other thoughts here. So I actually did want to ask from like, you've shared, you know, like your massage strong, like you, it took off really, it did really well. And I'm guessing because you had a good product, obviously, like you were given good massages, like had that referral word of mouth. But then even with your coaching business that started, you had some interest in it already, but to grow to a multiple six figure now seven figure business, that's still like a lot of growth, I feel like. And you've shared a little bit about what contributed to that, but I'm curious if you have thoughts on like, what was the difference like between how you were able to grow so fast and get such big results when there's other folks starting their business, whether it's brick and mortar or coaching business or whatever it is. And it's like those long, slow grind. Yeah. So I'd like to pinpoint the online world, especially because the biggest thing that I've noticed is people start their online business because in their mind, they're thinking that there's no overhead and you know, you don't have to own a bunch of equipment. You don't have to rent a building. So you don't really have any startup costs. You can just open up your computer and you can start a business. And I just full wholeheartedly disagree. Like when I started, when I built the first massage strong, we took out a loan for about a hundred thousand dollars to build that first location. And that was the scariest loan I've ever taken in my life. I didn't sleep forever, you know, thinking about it. We took that loan out and it paid off. And then when we went to build the second location, we took out $100,000 to build the second location, right? And so there was, in my mind, there was this built-in startup fee for starting a business. When you start a business, you got to throw down some money, right? You got to pay for the, the walls and the HVAC and the equipment and the staff and the general manager and all the things that go into a building. And when I started Hell Yes Coaching, I didn't start it all willy-nilly. I didn't start it like as if I'm a stay-at-home mom that is trying to get a side hustle. I started it like a CEO. I put $100,000 in it on the first year. Mm. I got myself a laptop. I got myself a coach, a $50,000 a year coach. I got everything that I needed. I hired a podcast team. That's another thing. My podcast blew up from the beginning. So I hired a full podcast team, a full editing team. I didn't cut corners. And I'm not saying I wasn't responsible with my money. I wasn't, it's not that I wasn't frugal in some ways, but I didn't start it like it was a Saturday yard sale and I was hoping to get a few dollars. I started it like a boss. And so I see that with a lot of my clients, um, my past clients, you know, a lot of colleagues, a lot of people that I talk to, and they're always trying to pinch pennies. They can't even fathom buying a $3,000 business course that will teach them how to get clients, you know, like, so one of my courses is $3,000 and it, it literally, there is a um, money back guarantee. You either get three clients in 30 days or your money back, right? It's a no brainer. So we teach you how to go out and get clients. And so many people will come to me. They're like, I want to start a business. I just started it. I'm all in. I can't wait. I'm going to do anything it takes to grow this business because I want to have the life that I want to have. And I'm like, awesome. You got to learn how to get clients. Here's where you buy the course. And they're like, yeah, not that. That's too much money. Right. And it's like, what? You got to spend money to learn. You know, you got to spend money in order to get what you need so that you can go out and create a business from someone who has already created a business that you want to create, like go learn. Right. And so that a little bit off on a tangent there, but that is what gets under my skin the most, which is if you want to start a big ass business, 
start a big ass business like you're starting a big ass business. Don't start a business like it's, you know, some homework for your kid's second grade class. Like you're just going to throw it away when it doesn't work. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that like, so relates to the health side of things. Like take everything Becca just said, and now insert that into your health and fitness goals of life to be like, start, I love it. Start it like a boss, like start your goals, like a boss. You don't just pinch pennies on like, well, I can get by with the $10 app that you never actually use or do the workouts from because it's $19 and you have no accountability, no support. You have no freaking clue what you're doing. You have no motive, all the things. So invest in yourself. Like that's what I really hear is like too, it's like you invested like a boss in your business and anyone could take that same concept for your health. Like invest, if you have a goal, bring invest in all the things, the trainer, the gym membership, the coach, the shoes, the workout gear, the books, like all of it should be able to create the result that you want. Yeah. And I think too, also something that got in my way for sure, but, um, I see it with other people. If you've ever been an expert in anything, starting over in something that you're not an expert in is harder for you than someone who has never been an expert in anything. Does that make sense? So like when I start, when I was doing massage strong, I became an expert in brick and mortar. I understood brick and mortar. I understood that side of the business. I felt invincible in brick and mortar. And then I started online and I was like, what is a webinar? How do you grow an audience? Like an email list? What? Like, so out of my comfort zone. I can't even explain. I was literally watching, I paid for a $10,000 webinar course. While I was watching it, I stopped the course and Googled, what exactly is a webinar? Okay. That's how beginner I was. (laughs) So like, I just feel, um, oh, what was I, what was I even talking about? I just lost it. Investing. Well, I just lost my whole train of thought there. Oh, you were uh, invested in this course, this webinar course. Um, People who start, who are experts in one thing, yes, the webinar course must have thrown me off for a loop. Okay, so yeah, anytime that you're an expert in something, it's it's hard to get off your to take your expert hat off and be a beginner again. You're so used to it's like your ego is just so used to. Um, being good at something. And so if you were an expert, even Mm -hmm. back in college, let's say that you played D1 volleyball and you were treated good. You're treated like a D1 athlete, you know, like, you know, we get our red carpet rolled out for us. And then later in life, you go to start a business and it's literally harder for you to do it because it's hard to be a beginner again. It's hard to let your ego take that hit and to say, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what to do. So for me, when I went to the online world, it was a really hard emotional journey for me to say, I don't know how to do this. Um, I don't know what this is and to take these beginner courses from people, you know, who had made way less money than me. I'm over here making millions in brick and mortar and I'm taking courses from people that couldn't fathom making millions, but they understood online and that's what I needed. And so if you're, if you're an expert in anything, just be willing to take that hat off and to, uh, just dumb yourself down a little bit so that you can learn. Mm, that's so good. And I'm glad you said that too, because 
I know with, with my clients and with a lot of folks, it's like they've at one point been at their like ideal weight or maybe we're an athlete or we're running the races and then all of a sudden they gain 10, 15, however many pounds. And now it just feels so much of a big boulder because they have to start and they've been there. They've been that quote unquote expert with their health. And so it just feels so much harder to put that beginner hat on again. Yeah. But it's how you do it. And it requires acknowledging that you're not there anymore, which I think is hard. Like even for me, I have been so, so ripped and in shape. Like there was a time, I'm like, I always picture this like two year span. It was when my youngest was like a newborn to two. I was in the best shape of my entire life. I mean, Great. I look back at pictures and I'm like, really? But now that I'm getting back into that shape, three years later, I am going back towards that. And I think the biggest thing that has helped me was finally just acknowledging that I'm not her. Because for a long time, it was like, yeah. oh, I'm her. I'm still in shape. I'm still good. I'm, I'm good. I could go back and get into it real easily. And, and I think that that is probably good for some people, but for me, it was the willingness to say, okay, Becca, you are starting over and that's okay. And it's going to be hard and it's going to be harder than it's ever been. And you're not going to come in first place in the CrossFit class. You're not going to be the one that wins in this, you know, weekly CrossFit competition. You are going to be at the bottom of the barrel and that is okay. And that's where we're at and we're doing this. You know what I mean? So just acknowledging that I am starting over was really helpful. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, okay. I wanted to check in and just see like, is there anything that you really feel like whether from business that, and, and just all of your success in that, that can pull over. We've pulled, we've like pulled out concepts on how that applies to health. But when you think about that, is there anything that really comes up for you when you're like, like what you can pull from being this successful in business, those concepts that someone could use in creating healthier habits and yeah. losing weight? Um, stop just trying to make everything really easy. I think that's what I would say. You know, I took this course one time. It was more of like a um, life coaching course. And he was asking, what question do you allow to run in the back of your mind the most? And at first glance, I didn't know what he was talking about. And he started explaining it. And basically, we all have an essential question that we are asking ourselves. And through a lot of insight and a lot of back and forth with him, I realized that mine was, how can I make this easier for myself? I mean, all day long, like the kids are doing their stuff. How can I make it easier? What can I give them? Like, where's their toys? I want to make this easier for me, right? I'm about to cook dinner. How can I make the easiest dinner? What's the easiest thing I can do? I'm about to go lift weights. I am going to make this an easy workout today, right? Or if it's a hard workout, I'm at least going to cut corners somewhere and make it a little easier for myself just as a treat. How am I going to make this commute easier? There's going to be a good podcast or a good music on. And what I noticed is, my whole life was running on, how can I make this easier? How can I make this easier? And when we found that, it was so profound because I was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm trying to make everything easier. And then when it's not easy, I think something's gone wrong. I think that I didn't problem solve well enough. I think that I shouldn't be in this place because it's not easy. And so 
I started just removing that question from my brain. And I started asking myself, how can I make this quality? Right. If my kids are going to be talking to me nonstop for the next 23 years, they're never going to stop. But there's four of them. I am so outnumbered. It is insane. <laughs> so if that's going to happen, how can I make this quality? How can I make this dinner quality? How can I make this workout quality? Like if it's going to be short, it needs to be efficient. It needs to be good. If I only have two hours on my laptop to work on this business thing, how can I make this quality? Not how can I make it easier? I'm not here for an easy life right? I'm here for a quality life. So I need to be asking myself, how can I make things more quality, not easier? Mm, I love that. And I love that actually in, in both ways. I, I would almost like what's come up for me a lot lately is, is how could I like simple, like simple, healthy, like I give mm -hmm. my clients really simple, healthy eating plan. And workouts, yeah. my workouts are simple, like in that, like, I'm not trying to do the new strength training workout. It's going to take me an hour and I have to figure out how to put these weights on and do all this. Like if all I have is 30 minutes, I'm going to do the simplest yeah. workout I've got. And I know like the machines, I know the weights, I know like versus if I try to say, well, I'm going to do the new workout. Right. It's going to take me an hour. Yeah. And if it's like, it. if all I have is a barbell simple. and, um, a bench and that's it. And we want to keep it simple. Like what are the most quality things that I can do with a barbell and a bench? What are the things I can do there? Right? Wow. So if I don't want to spend an hour, I want to spend 15 minutes and that's it. What can I get done in 15 minutes and how can I make that quality? Mm, I love that. And, and just to like back onto that is like when you do the quality, you get the, you can get the same. Effect well, and what's results. funny. Yes, Would I do agree? agree. And what's funny is I found that it's easier, you know, here I am trying to solve for easy. And what I have found is really easy is not sitting down in front of my laptop and spending five hours trying to work instead, giving myself an hour of quality, not easy quality. Then I have so much more time to just blow, you know, doing whatever I want. And so I have noticed that my life has literally gotten easier and simpler and more efficient and more free time when I stopped asking myself ways to cut corners all the time. It was like the anxiety of not doing the thing was worse than just doing the thing and making it efficient and quality. Does that make sense? Or is that just making sense in my head? Ooh, I love that. No, no, it does to me. It does. It's like coming full circle to be like, yeah, you do the quality workout for the 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever you got, like then that times five days a week e consistently equals big results yeah. and saves you time because you're not fiddle faddling at the gym for an hour trying to figure out what to do and yeah. half-assing your workout versus you do 30 minutes of quality consistently. Yeah sold. Like, and it so takes me to the, yeah. the other piece of that, which is do the boring work. You know, nobody wants to do the boring work, but that's how you're going to get yeah. the fittest, you know, like nobody wants to eat the same 30 things, but that's yeah. the people that are the most successful and the most, um, nutrient dense. What are they eating? They're eating the same things. They're eating their, you know, free range chickens. They're eating their egg. They're eating their rice, their sweet potatoes. Like they're eating the same things every day. <laughs> oh, so good. I, I literally probably have had the same breakfast over the last, I have two. I have literally, more. <laughs> like yep. it's five. It's like, 
Yeah, I, I have one breakfast that, that I eat, like and I have eaten it every day for years. It's crazy, but I I just don't. So good. It's, oh gosh, it's eggs and bacon and sweet potatoes every single morning and black coffee. That's what I have had for years now. And salads for lunch and dinner is a meat and a vegetable. And that is my life. And I do the boring work. And I look like I do the boring work. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So good. Thank you, Becca. Okay, I know we're kind of coming up on time here. I want to be respectful of yours. So, okay, I feel like my last kind of like overall question or or thought to maybe leave on the audience other than anything else that you wanted to share that we didn't like touch on and go over is I find such possibility in your story in multiple different ways. You're a mama of four. You are outnumbered. <laughs> you have a thriving relationship with your husband you guys have been together forever. I know you've bought your dream home. I remember hearing a podcast with that story. You've built two businesses from being a, you know, cocktail waitress, like working nights to where you are now with multiple seven figure businesses. So I love to like share stories like this, like your story, because it helps to show people like, well, what's possible for me? So like, is there when thinking about like opening the doors for people to like see what's possible, is there any like insights or thoughts? Yeah, just, I mean, it sounds probably bland, but you just have to do it. You have to trust yourself. You have to take the first steps and, and don't look at the big picture. You know, if I was a waitress and my future self came to me and said, Hey, Becca, you're going to have, you know, a multiple seven figure, 40 employee massage practice in uh, about three years. I would have shit my pants. Okay. There would have been no way. My brain couldn't comprehend that, but you know what my brain could comprehend? Sign up for massage school. Okay. I can, I think I can sign up for massage school. That's as far as I can get. And whenever I was in the gym, uh, that room that I rented in the gym, my brain couldn't comprehend having a 10 room space or 20 room space when I had two 10 room spaces. I couldn't comprehend that. That would have, that would have put me straight into fight or flight. I never did that. And I see this happening with business owners as well as athletes too, which is this is where I want to be. And they're 40 pounds overweight and they hold up a picture of someone that is shredded and they're like, I just can't imagine getting there. Of course you can't imagine getting there. That is like three years away, right? So don't torture yourself with that. And I would never torture myself with these big, broad ideas. You know, even in the coaching world, like every single month, I tried to make like a hundred more dollars than I did the last month. That was it. Like that, like the very first month I ever coached, I think I made like 500, $600 and my next goal was $700. I wasn't trying to make millions. And when I go and I work out, I'm not trying to add 200 pounds to my deadlift. I'm trying to add one pound to my deadlift. And so I think that that has been one of my biggest saving graces. I think that's one of the biggest motivators for me is I genuinely just never looked up. It was always one foot in front of the other. And I never, I still don't. I just am kind of cruising. You know, people ask me, where do you want to be in five years? Hell, if I know, I don't know. I'm just trying to, you know, grow this thing a little bit at a time and see where it takes me. And I'm trying my best not to look around and see what other people are doing. Uh. 
Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that, Becca. Is there anything else too that you just want to share that comes up? I don't for think you so. This has been a great about? conversation. Good. Okay. Now tell everybody where they can find you and follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a podcast as well. It is called the Hell Yes Entrepreneur. You can find it on any uh, podcasting platform and you can find me on Instagram at one Becca Pike. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you found that super valuable to be able to keep going after your big goals and dreams. And if you have been DIYing it, if you've been trying to do all the freebies, the workshops, the challenges, and piecemeal your way to creating a plan and it's not working, either you're still not actually showing up for that plan or it never quite gets finished and or if you have made one, but you're still not getting the results that you want, that is where coaching comes in. That is where I can help you. Coaching with coaching, you get a personalized plan of what will work for you with your workouts, with eating, with life. You get the accountability, support, and tools to have you moving forward from the very first week we start working together. So if you have been DIYing it and you're not getting results, I want to invite you to Come find me on Instagram or Facebook and DM me, message me to get the conversation started on how you can actually reach your goals this year with coaching. My Instagram is at Samantha's Real Life and my Facebook is just my name, Samantha Nivens. Message me on either one. Let's see what this year can look like for you so you can actually have your dream health and life together. Okay. And if you already are rocking your goals, then please just come find me on either of those platforms so we can hang out and continue to grow and get to know each other on either one of those spaces. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next time.